The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery podcast. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. We're basically a couple of recovery nerds and ordained unity ministers sharing our experience, strength, and hope on this spiritual journey of addiction recovery. We hope that something you hear today will be helpful to you on your own recovery journey. We invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Just send an email to spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. Facebook users, you can message us from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. And however you choose to reach out, please be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. This episode is titled First Things First. When we get into addiction recovery, we learn to be mindful of our actions. We hear the phrase, do the next right thing, which sounds like a great idea, but what does that actually mean? How are we supposed to know what the next right thing is anyway? Today, We want to share our experience, strength, and hope on moving from aimlessness to freedom by doing the next right thing. Yeah, so that question, how are we supposed to know what the next right thing is? This is where, this is sort of the crux of it. Uh, Before I got into recovery, I thought I had to figure out what the next thing to do was. I thought I had to figure everything out. I thought that I was, you know, the... um, architect of my own life and my own destiny and everything all all by myself. The difference now is that I have a higher power on board that I, you know, at the best of times allow to direct my life as much as possible. And so now I don't have to do it all alone. I don't have to, it's a, it's not a figuring out what to do next. It's a seeking and doing my best to follow guidance. So that's the big difference, right? And early on in recovery, it was very um, overt. It was like, okay, there's a decision coming up. I would pray about it. God, what should I do? You know, I would try to discern what the answer was. Now, I sometimes do that, but it's more just a part of my life. It doesn't have to be such an actual, like, always, you know, praying and seeking guidance. It's more that I'm much more in alignment with the God of my understanding. So um, it's more of a natural thing for me to, um, you know, I'm sort of always alert to, you know, different ways that God or the universe might be guiding me or giving me 
I don't want to say giving me messages because that sounds kind of weird, but you know what I mean? Nudges, those spiritual nudges that we get, you know, and, and paying attention to my own inner guide, what we might call intuition. Um, so, so I have those things on board now and all of those things go into how I know what the next thing I need to do is. Um, and that's the big difference now from pre-recovery. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said that because I realized that sometimes I forget to share the most obvious part of all of this. I'll like get into something like, oh, right, I forgot. I, By the way, I live a God-centered life. Let me talk a minute yeah. about what that looks like. Right. Because that's absolutely the biggest, That's that is the change, right? Yes. And so before... I'm not sure. Well, I, you know, I wasn't familiar with that particular phrase, do the next right thing. So, but of course I was doing whatever it was I thought was best, but I know that, you know, a lot of times it was have another martini. That always seemed like a really good <laughs> idea. If it was after four, you know, I have a <laughs> lifetime member of the it's five o'clock somewhere club. <laughs> But I, outside of the uh, obvious, have another martini. I I realized I was overly attached to material goals, right? I just wanted a bigger house and a fancier car, and I wanted to belong to the country club and all that kind of stuff because my identity was um, substantially influenced by the outside world. Like I'm supposed to be this, or I'm supposed to fit in, in this way. Right. And the huge shift in recovery has been, and again, just like you said, the knowing the next right thing comes from the spirit within me, what I've heard called living from the inside out. When before I was living from the outside in, you know, trying exactly. to make myself conform to what I thought were yes. the best, you know, the, the good life or whatever that might mean. Yeah. I mean, that's the, you know, to sort of give ourselves a break, that is the model that our culture is based on, you know, so if you're going to do anything different than that, you really have to make some effort, you know, that you have to really make an effort to, to, to look at life in a different way. And, and it's sort of countercultural, you know, I, I'm like you, you know, I'm not, you know, terribly concerned with, um, you know, the, the classic things that our culture considers achievement, you know, I don't need to have notoriety, I don't need to have a lot of money or a bigger house or a better car, those things aren't important to me. And, and I feel like I'm this like living this countercultural existence, you know, I mean, I'm more concerned with spending time with friends and family and loved ones and being in nature and doing the things that I enjoy. And that is not our culture at all. That's like, going against the grain for sure. And so I have to keep, you know, constantly realizing that I'm making a choice that is very much against our culture. Although there are many people waking up to this way of living, yeah. um, finding that the whole material existence isn't what we thought it was, or isn't bringing us the joy that we thought it was. And, um, you know, starting to, and I think it's also part of getting older. I mean, there's a natural flow to our lives, right? In our early you know, 20s and 30s were much more about, you know, ambition and getting out there. And then you start to get older and you're like, yeah, not so much anymore. You know, I really just kind of want to be content and read a book and just, you know, pet my cat <laughs> and be happy. You know, it's just it sort of shifts. But I wanted to talk a little bit about um, this, this word right, where we say do the next right thing. So I know that in recovery, when we say do the next right thing, 
we're using the word right sort of like the Buddhists do, right action. Meaning, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, meaning doing not, okay, so not correct, like the correct thing to do, because that implies that there's a right choice and a wrong choice, and we just have to figure out which one it is. And that's part of the insanity that we used to put ourselves through, right? This idea that there was some right choice if I could just figure out what it was. I know that you and I don't see life that way anymore, that it isn't right or wrong. But when we talk about the right thing, we're talking about the Buddhist sense of right action. It's not just Buddhist, but that's what comes to my mind. Um, so meaning action that is um, beneficial to other people, that is honest, that is true, that is authentic, that is not harmful, you know, like doctors first do no harm. Because let's face it, you know, before we learned this way of life, it was about what I wanted right? It wasn't about like what was, you know, not harmful to others. So doing the next right thing in that sense means, means um, being responsible people and living a life that, you know, we're aware of our actions and how they affect others. And, and we try to not harm others, not hurt others, not step on others. Um, so how can I do the next thing that I want to do in a way that is right action in the world that is kind and loving and honest and, and not harmful? I think that that's um, an important distinction to make. And I love that you're bringing in the Buddhist sense, because I agree completely. That's exactly the spirit of that. It's not the correct thing, although right. maybe some of us hear it that way. Maybe I did too. And it's not a big mystery like you know, the prize is behind door number one, two, or three, and I don't know what yeah. it is, but I need to find out or I'm yep. going to do something wrong. That's just yep. not how I look at it. And I know that's not how you look at life anymore. Right. What came to mind as you shared that was something I had heard years ago, and we've talked about it in the context of Unity's 12 powers. So we acknowledge that with each of Unity's 12 powers, like faith, strength, love, and, you know, the rest of them, that we can use them in skillful or unskillful ways. So that distinction between skillful and unskillful, I feel like is what we're, <clears throat> what the spirit of do the next right thing means. Skillful use of mind yeah. is a phrase okay. I've heard a yeah. lot. I, I want to, <clears throat> I want to grow my consciousness to where my, uh, what I'm after, if you will. And that's not even probably the best um, way to describe it. Cause I'm not striving for anything, but uh, skillful use of mind versus yeah. an unskillful use. So doing the next right thing just means, um, you know, doing the, what what's in alignment with the spirit and the universe. That's a yeah. lot of words. That's why I just say right, because it's yeah. short. But I, I love that, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it's a good clarification to make, right? Right, right action, just yeah. like the Buddhists say. Yeah, or if we were talking like superheroes, we might say using our powers for good. Yes. Because it I is, like we that. have a lot of power, you know, so are we going to use it for good or for evil? Well, we want to use them for good. I like that. Yeah, another thing is you and I like to substitute for the word right, we like to substitute indicated. And um, I think that to do the next indicated thing. Um that doesn't quite capture the idea that we've just been talking about, about right action. But the good thing about it is it gets us away from that idea that there is some right choice if we could just 
freaking figure out what it is, you know, because that for addicts, for our addict mind, that's just a trap, you know, and it's not true that there's never one right thing to do. Um, you know, we talk about this all the time that, you know, we, we make so indicated, meaning we make the best possible choice with what we have right now. We do what seems to be the next indicated right thing to do, knowing that we don't have God mind, you know, we can't see everything. We don't, you know, we, we have, we see from our human perspective. That's why we always want to bring our higher power on board to try to expand that scope of our vision so we can we can try to see things from a higher perspective, but let's face it, you know, a good part of the time we're in our human ego self. That's just the nature of human living on this planet. And so, um, you know, we want to, um, we want to just remember that we're doing the best with what we have at that moment. So we pray, we discern, we meditate, we take walks in nature, we, we do vision boards, whatever our discernment process is when we're making a decision or, you know, trying to figure out what the next right thing is to do. We do all of that, but then we just make a decision and go with it and do the best we can. And you and I love this analogy of the, 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 um, you know, God's, uh, GPS system that whatever decision we make, our, our you know, our, our, our sort of life journey or whatever just gets rerouted. It's like, yeah. okay, you know, this is where we're going now. It just quickly reroutes everything. And so we can't make a wrong choice. There are no wrong choices in life. So I just wanted to, you know, so that we don't get into that trap of thinking that there is a right choice and a wrong choice. Yeah. Um, it's just not that simple. I, and I love what you're saying because even just hearing you say it now, and I do live, I do live this way, although it's, as we know, it's easy to sort of slip back into old, yeah. less skillful ways of um, being. Um, but I could just instantly feel lighter. You yes. know, I love the G.K. Chesterton quote, angels can fly because they take themselves lightly. Yeah. Like, can I just get over myself for yes. two seconds? It does <laughs> not have to be this serious. I yeah. mean, yes, some things in life are serious. And some moments in life, it's like, I mean, that car is going to hit me if I don't turn this direction. So, yeah, okay. But that's not 99.999% right. of my life has nothing to do with those right. you know, corner cases, those oddball situations. Now, I have a friend that uses a phrase that I found super helpful, and it's uh, it's not trying to replace do the next right thing, but it's like a description. Um, he talks about uh, the phrase he uses is follow the sparkly trail. So if, if I'm not sure what's next for me, I might, you know, take a deep breath, close my eyes, relax my body or whatever my my practice is to discern the way forward that's a word that you use to discern the way forward and and i just sort of in my mind's eye you know in my divine imagination i imagine that there's a sparkly trail that shows me the direction to go in all i have to do is follow the sparkly trail and i do it by feel you know that that's that sort of the, the spirit pulling me in a direction when i can be quiet enough to allow myself to um to see, hear, or um, sense might be the best word. What that, what that is, and each of us has to find that place on our own, right? I can't reach into anyone's head and say, you know, drop in this way of being, or what that way of seeing, or my way of um, reconnecting with the spirit. We all just practice it. But the good news is that the spirit is there. 
and and the the bible the gospels are full of stories that are basically saying if you make a little bit of effort towards god god comes running towards you. you we don't yes. even in our our um recovery literature and i'm really bad at quoting things um the book talks about you know god doesn't make too hard uh, a bargain it's not that hard the door is not super narrow yeah. you know it's it's you can do this we just have yeah. to do it i had to learn to do it so when i was learning to do the next right thing under you know the bottom line is it and it's what you started off with the bottom line is i discern the way the spirit is leading me forward and that just takes yeah. practice and yes it does do it wrong. you can't do it wrong are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. I love that follow the sparkly trail. I was like trying to find a place to write that where I will be able to remember that because that's wonderful. I mean, it sounds a lot more fun than like trudging down in the road trying to figure out what to do. I'm it just going to follow the more. sparkly trail. And and so this kind of leads me to, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about God's will because this is something that um, my understanding of has evolved greatly over time. And I hear this tossed around a lot in um, recovery meetings about, you know, I just need to discern what God's will is. I just need to, you know, and we even say things like God's will, not my will, you know, and I think that sets up a really dangerous um, thought process where there's this will of mine of what I want to do. And then there's this other will of God's that of what God wants me to do. And so in order to do God's will, I have to forego my own will, the things I want to do, the fun things so that I can trudge down this road of God's will of what God wants for me. And I think that is so dangerous and such a setup for, um, frankly, for stepping off this path entirely. If, if you think that doing yeah. God's will is going to be miserable and not fun, and yeah. it's not going to be what you want. So I know I've shared this before, but it was so valuable to me. I'm going to share it again. I had a sponsor who said, instead of saying God's will, not my will be done. What if we said God's will and that, no, sorry, thy will and my will be one. What that means to me is that it is my job to bring my, my own will for myself into alignment with God's will for me. Now, what is God's will for me? It's not like God has this preordained set out plan for me that I can mess up. It doesn't work that way. You know, I believe, and I get a lot of this from Emily Katie, who's just a genius, that God's will for us is always for our highest good. It is always for our job is to get more of God's goodness into expression. That's why we're here. You know, we are the goodness of God in expression. And so this God force wants to express more of itself into the universe in goodness and in love and in, in beauty and, and, and wonderful ways. And so that's what God wants is to express God's self through me. 
So that's going to be fun and good. And it's always going to be for my highest good. It's always going to be what's best for me. That, that's the thing I have to remember. God's will is always going to be for my own highest good. So it's my job to get my own will for myself in alignment with that. I need to start wanting my own highest good for myself. I hope yeah. that helps because that was a real it distinction that I, helped me. I was hoping you were going to say that. And I jotted it down. I was hoping you were going to say thy will and my will be one. Because I agree that that is a wonderful and to me, you know, theologically accurate, whatever that means, way yeah. of characterizing that. And I also agree that, you know, my life, it's its not like a book that's been written and I'm in the middle of it and just turning the page to find out yeah. what happens next. I truly believe that um, God's will for me is that I continue to live my life in what I call a God-centered manner, you know, yeah. that I'm continually returning to the guidance of the spirit that dwells within me and without and within you and everywhere. You know, sometimes we talk about the spirit within as if that's the only place the spirit is. I want to be clear, God is everywhere always, right? but it's within me that I connect with the spirit because I'm not everywhere always. I'm right here right now. Right. And so I connect with the part of the spirit that's right here right now with me, within me, yes. if you will. And so, yeah, thy will and my will be one. And you mentioned before about the, the GPS. That's such a fun analogy because the you know I, I believe that 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 sort of God's the the guidance that is available within me if I'm willing to be quiet enough to listen and hear it uh, is always there it's always like you said to my highest good and it just like my GPS it never gives me attitude it doesn't call me a bad name like if I miss a turn on my GPS it doesn't tell me I'm going to hell right? My GPS doesn't do anything except, oh, here's what's happening right now in this yes. moment. So given where you want to go, here's the next right thing for you to do. If here's I miss the fastest that, way to get there. Yeah, if I miss that turn, it doesn't, you know, roll its eyes and refuse to recalculate the route. Will you please recalculate? Oh, now you want to listen to me. Sure. I tell you, go here and you just ignore me completely. But now you want to listen. Okay, fine. We'll see about it doesn't do any of that silliness. It just right. it's it is very much like the spirit. It's right here and right now. Here is the way forward. Here's the sparkly trail. Do what you will. A moment from now, the sparkly trail will still be there, even if yeah. you went this way and versus that way. Or like you said, we can't make yeah. a mistake, which is a really hard concept to wrap one's head around. I know because yeah. it's very easy to, to dream up hypothetical situations where there is a clear right and a wrong. That's not yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. Everything is a learning opportunity. If I follow the, the guidance of the spirit within, if I follow the sparkly trail, it will always lead to my highest good one way or the other. That's right. And it may be parts of the path might be quite painful. Getting sober was very painful for me, but I knew it was the right thing to do. It's exactly where I knew I was exactly where I needed to be. I wasn't sure where it was all going. I wasn't sure exactly why other than not drinking was a whole better a whole lot better than drinking ridiculous amounts like I was. I mean, even my alcohol soaked brain knew that, right? But in a broader sense, where's all this going? You know, it's still unfolding, but man, it keep, life get, keeps getting better and better and better. 
Yes, and it we does. We live this way. When we follow program principles, life keeps getting better. And I can affirm at any moment, my best days are ahead of me. And I know that's true. Yes. Yeah, the thing I love about that GPS rerouting thing is, you know how like um, sometimes it'll show you an alternate route or if you take the wrong route, it'll tell you that you're still going to the same place. It's just going to take you 10 minutes longer, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So maybe you want to go on the 10 minutes longer route. Maybe it's a prettier route. You know what I mean? Maybe it goes by the ocean or goes through the mountains. We don't always want the fastest route to where we're going. You know yeah, what I maybe mean? Maybe there's something I need to see, so to speak, that will help me along the way. That's yeah. true the moment I decide it is. That's why they call it the scenic route. Because <laughs> there's something for you to see. I like that. But the point is, is we just keep getting rerouted because the ultimate destination is always our highest good. And as long as we're on this path and we always seek to, you know, discern the next right indicated thing to do, we will always end up going in that direction. You, you mentioned another word that um, is really helpful to me. You said unfolding. Life is always unfolding. So before I got this way of life, you know, before recovery, I thought that I had to control life and make life happen and, you know, try to control all the circumstances and the people and the places and everything to be what I needed them to be for me to feel comfortable. And that I had to like sort of, I mean, it's part of being in your 20s, right? I had to get out there and grab life by the horns, you know. Now I follow um, a, a way of allowing life to unfold. So rather than controlling life, allowing life, rather than forcing something, um, just allowing and unfolding. So sometimes when we're trying to discern the next right thing to do, it's really hard. And, and we don't, we just, you know, we get stymied sometimes. It's like, I just don't know what to do. So it can be helpful to think rather than forcing our way through or having to make some definitive decision, we can start thinking about allowing life to unfold before us. Now, that this doesn't mean that we're passive or that we don't do the footwork or we don't put ourselves out there, but it's, it's, a, it's a difference between forcing things to happen and allowing things to unfold as they should. And ever since I've been living in this way of allowing things to unfold, life has been so much easier. Um, and better, just, I'm guessing. And better, yeah. And so it's just, you know, life will do what it's going to do and it will unfold in front of us if we keep walking this path, seeking guidance, seeking to live, like you said, a God-centered life praying, meditating, staying close to spirit so that we're, we're walking in tandem with spirit. We're not in self-will run riot. We're not out in crazy ego land. Um, we're trying to, you know, stay spiritually connected and then just let it unfold. It doesn't have to be so hard all the time. You know, if I had known that a long time ago, things would have been easier, but um, you say something that, and we just love these little pithy, you know, one-liners, um, aphorisms. Yeah. What if this could be easy? Yeah. What would happen or if, what I, if let I let this, this be easy? What would happen if I easy? let this be easy? Yes, that's it. 
And I love that. And I've used that. And I encourage anyone listening. Now, that doesn't mean that we take the easy way, right? Because sometimes we have to do hard things. Let's face it. Sometimes we have to do really hard things. But in terms of allowing decisions and choices and things in life to unfold, you know, once we've done our due diligence, which is to pray and meditate and stay close to spirit, once we've done that, then we can just sort of wait and see what happens. Because sometimes the information we need to make the choice isn't there yet. It's not there in that moment. And we can be discerning all day long and we're not going to be able to discern it because there's some other piece that needs to be put in place and it just hasn't happened yet because we're not the only human beings on this planet. There's a whole bunch of others of us and lots of other beings that are all trying to make our way through this life at the same time. So something else you know, another piece to the puzzle has not quite moved into place and we just need to be patient and allow it to unfold. So if we force our way through, we may end up making a decision that isn't the best decision. Whereas if we had just been patient and allowed it to unfold, the door may have opened in a much more effortless way for us. Yeah, I, I'm remembering as you share that, and this has been fairly recently, and I, and I think I shared it here um, in our podcast that in a time if I'm feeling particularly stressed about getting things done or there was an event that I was putting together and it's like ah, I gotta do all this stuff and what if you know this sort of all this this fear related to it comes up like what if it doesn't work and anyway and I and I sort of developed this mantra that helped me so much and anytime I would begin to feel that sort of fear gripping me I would repeat to myself, trust God, let it be easy and do the next right thing. It's almost like take a breath and then I would just do what it, I knew exactly what to do first. I knew what to do when that was done. It's, it's not like it was a big mystery, but I was I was really feeling very stressed. So it just helped to remind myself in the simplest way, trust God, let it be easy, do the next right thing. And it would yeah. just completely changed my experience of that it was way yeah. better it was way yeah, better i mean we can even say to ourselves what do i need to do right in this moment yeah maybe in this question. moment i don't need to do anything yeah nothing is often a really wonderful next the next right, right thing can be nothing yep yeah or the next right thing can be sitting quietly for long enough to be able to hear that voice of spirit and if you don't hear it like an actual voice that's okay i don't, I don't. either i don't but it's basically like creating a space because we're so busy and it's life is so noisy. Um, sometimes we need to create a little bit of a space, you know, for, for spirit to work, for spirit's voice to come through, for that guidance to come through. So it may be, you know, setting the decision aside entirely and going for a walk or taking some time to meditate or just breathe you know, or do whatever it is that we do. You know, I'm into this breathing practice now. Um, different types of breathing that, uh, you know, lower the fight or flight response and put us into more yeah. of a parasympathetic state. I'm, I'm really working on that lately. Um, so that, you know, I'm coming from a place of calm and, and my literal physiological system is not like on high alert, you know, freak out all the time because it's not a good place to make choices from. No, that's right. I, I agree. You know, well, so we can do so many simple things to just open up space for those for that guidance to come through. Yes. 
And it is time for us to take a breath and move into what we like to call recovery in a nutshell. And this is <laughs> when we try to summarize uh, the various pieces, all, all that we have shared. And if we had to say, well, you know, if we took everything we just shared and said, and I needed to boil it down to just a few things, what might those be? So Reverend Michelle, in a nutshell, how do I know what the next right thing is? And if I don't know, how can I go about finding out? Yeah, I think it's really what I just said is um, opening up some space in our life for the guidance to be able to come through. And that doesn't have to look like formal meditation. It can. It can also just be taking my coffee out on the back deck and sitting quietly for a few minutes and just kind of getting out of, you know, the craziness of my life and looking at something green is always helpful. Looking at a tree or a mountainside or, you know, something nature-ish um, to, to get that, you know, the brain's constant activity um, to calm down so that I can discern something from my higher self so that that God voice, that spirit voice can come through me. So, and, and the more we practice creating that space in our life on a daily basis, the easier it is, right? So seeking that inner guidance, opening up a space for spirit to speak and move through us, and then paying attention and seeing what shows up, you know, because once we've asked for the guidance, we have to sort of hang out and see what shows up and be patient and wait until, you know, further instruction is given, right? Because it might not be ready to be done yet. Whatever is ours to do, it may not be the time yet. It may be that right now, what is ours to do is sit tight and wait and be patient and allow things to unfold. And and I concur with that. My thoughts were number one, relax, right? It's almost like meditation instruction, just relax. And I love our phrase one day at a time. I do not need to live my whole life right now. Okay. I can just do what's right in front of me. And remember that this is not a race, right? There's, I don't need to be in a hurry unless I decide that I need to be in a hurry. And right. if I decide otherwise, I don't. And then, you know, when I relax and uh, realize that this is not a race and I don't have to go, go, go to seek that internal guidance that we were talking about. And, and maybe it's to do nothing, right? Often yep. it is sometimes the... Uh, Many times the next right thing for me to do is just to take a breath and do nothing for a yep. while. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I I love that, uh, that Rye saying, don't just do something, sit there. Yeah. You know, because a lot uh-huh. of times when I am in a bind, what serves me best is just to take a breath yes. and relax and don't hurry, don't worry, yeah. let it be. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh. Now, now I can see here, this would be helpful. And it doesn't feel onerous. You know, it feels actually good. It's like, oh, yay, perfect. But I I would not have gotten there if I hadn't been willing to come apart for a while. As we read in the the gospel. Exactly. I love that. Well, we have an affirmation today that can help you to practice this. You could take this affirmation into your own coming apart for a while and use it to help discern what the next right thing is to do. So it says, turning within, I connect with spirit and I am guided to what is mine to do. And once again, turning within, I connect with spirit and I am guided to what is mine to do. Well, It's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another episode of Spirit of Recovery, and we are grateful. 
We hope that you found something in all of our chatting today that you find genuinely helpful, and we bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey. Yes, we do. And as always, we invite your questions, your comments, wisdom, feedback, whatever it is, anytime. And you can find us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, or you can email us at spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. We're so glad you joined us today, and we hope you'll join us again. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And whatever you do, do not drink like my co-host. I tried it. It was a really bad idea. <laughs> Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. We talk to the animals and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tollison. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.